Welcome into the Pursued Interest Podcast. I am your host, Zach Goldsmith. I am very excited for you to be taking a listen, taking a chance on a new podcast. I know how difficult that can be uh, to take up some of your time with uh, listening to something and someone you've never heard before and do, am I going to get along with them? There's a whole list of things that can be a problem with that. So I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. This is a solo episode, so sometimes these are going to have a guest host, sometimes Pursued Interest Podcast has just me. Today is just me, other than producer Matt, who takes care of all the production for this. Matt, how's it going today, man? Doing great here. Looking forward to a great show. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, edit all these and make it so I don't sound like a complete fool. That's uh, something I really appreciate. If you have any uh, thoughts or questions about the show or comments you want to make, you can send those to me at Nexus Cowboy on Twitter, or you can email me at pursuedquestions at gmail.com. Now, typically, I don't like to start with this, but I'm going to go right in to uh, a little bit of a Spider-Man rant today. Uh, Today, at the time of this recording, is March the 8th, 2023. I've just read Amazing Spider-Man issue 21. Uh, If you haven't read this issue yet, it continues the uh, story it's been on for the past year. Spider-Man... Uh, if you're not aware, for I know a lot of uh, people I know don't know about this. So around 16 years ago now, uh, some the editor at Marvel and a couple people, not everyone, a couple people decided, but they were the people in power, decided that they needed to not have Spider-Man be married to Mary Jane Watson anymore. So uh, their solution to that problem was to have them... <clears throat> sell their marriage to Mephisto, who is Satan in the Marvel Universe, uh, to save Aunt May's life, who had been shot. Uh, Now, they would say it's the marriage. In reality, it was their soul, uh, which is a whole other topic that we'll get into later. So basically, they had their alleged most popular, uh, most grounded, most relatable character sell his soul slash marriage to Satan. Uh, Then for the past uh, 14, 13 years, uh, 12 years, something like this, they told stories of a single Spider-Man again, of various, varying success. You know, some are fine, some are not. And then a writer by the name of Nick Spencer came on, and he put Mary Jane and Peter back together. And it was fairly popular from what I can tell. There are some flaws in it, which there always are, and that's kind of what this is going to be about. Uh, But uh, then... Around April of last year, not around, April of last year, a new writer came on uh, by the name of Zeb Wells, and in his first issue, he did a time skip, which is one of the worst storytelling elements ever, uh, and uh, didn't give any information what happened during that or why, but all of a sudden, Mary Jane had, uh, at least was referred to as mom by uh, two kids with a different gentleman, and everyone was mad at Peter Parker. Over the past year... This story has continued with not many answers and most, not all people, really uh, disliking the story, including myself. So this, like I said, continues it. It's not, it's just not a good story. It's not, the best parts were a flashback to when Peter and MJ were together. Um, They're okay. The art's fine, I guess. Um, But the main problem with this story and this whole past year is the Peter and MJ issue. So really, I think 
uh, it really comes down to just the well, which is no pun intended, is poisoned. Um, a large majority of readers want Peter and MJ together, or at least know that's where they're going to end up. So if that's where you know they're going to end up, all the stories in between there where they're not together don't matter. And I know, uh, I more than anyone else know, watching I watch movies, the same movie, over and over and over. I already know what's going to happen. But in comics, it's, it is a new story, so it's not as exciting. Uh, so the well being poisoned by that, what I mean is just, this book has some flaws, just like any, there's been some real consistent issues with the editing. They changed a character's name that they had given her one name, a lot of issues before, and she really hasn't been in it and has been irrelevant. And now her name's changed. It says in the recap that it's been a, a year and a half. And then in another thing, it says it's been a year. Is that with the time skip, without, he was injured. There was a number of months that passed. So again, for a book that's supposed to be not moving and the status quo needs to stay the same so that every person can enjoy Spider-Man, like somewhere between one and two years has passed in the past year of storytelling. But all these things, some of which are actual accusations, some of which are nitpicks, are all because the main part of Spider-Man is wrong. If Spider-Man and MJ are together, people are on the whole happier about this book. That's what they want. And so little things that, uh, you know, maybe get pointed out and laughed at instead get blown up and mocked and ridiculed, which... Uh, Makes sense because you're already grumpy about it. So if you already start negative and then it doesn't take very many negative things to make it pile up and they become bigger and bigger and bigger. Whereas if you start positive, you're willing to let some things slide. So that that really is where it's at. For me, I, you know, I think I'm going to talk later in this about the eight movies you need to watch to know me. And one of them is Goodwill Hunting. And I think about this scene a lot. Um, there's a scene in the movie, if you've never seen it, where he has taken, done some math and taken it to a, a highly respected, uh, the main character, Will, has taken some math he's done to a highly respected, and the guy's like, is this right? And he's trying to check it, and uh, Matt Damon's character says, you know, basically apologizes that it's hard for this guy, but this stuff's really easy for him. And that happens to me uh, at work a lot, not that I'm anything special, just, and I'm probably wrong. Uh, but it's the same thing with Spider-Man, where I get really frustrated because this is so easy. Like, if the majority... I get it. You did... Marvel did something that this number of people that were involved in making this decision made this choice, or someone that they're friends with made this choice, and so they don't want to look dumb. Well, first of all, no one will care. If you flip this decision and get rid of it, and Pete and MJ are back together, no one is going to care that you made the decision for. They're going to actually give you a bunch of positivity. They're going to give a bunch of positivity that you fixed it. That's going to be the first thing that happens. The second thing is they just give them what they want. And then all of the, the little things, it takes more of the little wrong or bad things to pile up before people will take it as a negative. And I've heard some people say, and I've read online and I've heard some other people like, well, at this point it'd be hard to fix. It's not that hard to fix. It's not that hard to get out of this. You have a couple ways to get out of it. You have to fix the Mary Jane Peter situation. There's a couple ways Marvel could do it. And I guess where I get frustrated is it seems so easy to me. So I don't know why it's so hard for them. And again, I'm probably just a dumb guy sitting uh, 
in his kitchen recording a podcast for the first time ever talking about how to fix a company, uh, the greatest superhero on earth. So take that as you uh, listen to this. So number one, way one is Marvel can completely reboot their universe. DC's done this a couple times. I think this is the worst option. Uh, Marvel having a continuous universe is cool. They have lots of stories, and that resets everything just for Spider-Man. That doesn't seem very wise, but they could do it. If you just completely reset it, people would accept, hey, the universe started over. Here's all that he's back as a teenager. You know, he's not with Mary Jane right away. Although my counterpoint to that would be Marvel started the Ultimate Universe for the same kind of things, and who is Peter with in that? Mary Jane. Because the rest of the world... And the problem with resetting it and not having him with Mary Jane is everyone but Marvel Comics and the couple people in charge of Spider-Man accept Mary Jane and Peter as together. Almost all the books that come out, any movies. Uh, I just read um, a little standalone novel from five or six years ago by writer of the Dresden Files book, Jim Butcher. And in it, Peter and MJ are married. In the video game... One of the most popular video games of recent time is the Spider-Man beginning. Peter and MJ are married. And Into the Spider-Verse, which is getting ready to come out, Peter and MJ are married. Uh, if you ask random people who is Spider-Man's girlfriend slash wife, who is with Spider-Man romantically, you're going to get the answer of Mary Jane or that redhead. Resetting the universe might help you, but the other part is is that Mary Jane is one of the most important characters in the Spider-Man story. She, I say one of. She is the most important after Peter Parker. She's been in more issues than anyone else besides him. She has been in the most storylines besides anyone else but him. She is ridiculously popular, and Marvel even knows it because... Marvel Comics knows it because she gets shoved on a billion covers, and Marvel itself knows that they put out constant things with Peter and MJ. So that one's probably out, but it is an option they could do. The other option is kind of with it. They could do an alternate universe, bring the Ultimate Universe back, you can either restart that one and make sure you don't go the Peter and MJ route, and then that opens them back up in the original universe. Or you can put them together there and hope that that keeps people from caring about it in the main universe. I would argue it won't, but that is an option. The next uh, solution they could do is, I think, probably the nuclear option. And again, I just talked about Mary Jane sells books. You put Mary Jane on the cover, it sells. You put her inside the book. She is an extraordinarily popular character in the Spider-Man mythos and in Marvel. Marvel, at least recently, doesn't have a ton of just human people. MJ's one of them. She's also one of the coolest female characters ever made. She doesn't take, when she's written, she doesn't take crap from anybody. She's there. She's a rock for Peter. She helps out Spider-Man deal with all his issues. She has a, her whole own career when people try to attack her for being a model or any of these other, or because she's married to a superhero. She can handle herself. It's a whole thing. She has all these other actual dimensions and issues that came from her childhood and her upbringing and being a model and being a failed model and being a failed actress and being an actress and all the other things. All this great character work has been done for her. So just throwing that away by killing her seems dumb. Uh, but they could kill her. The other, the big option with that is, is they have to go all in on it. They have to do it. They have to be willing to take the probably 10 to 15 years at least of people accepting it and not thinking she's just going to come back comic book style. So that one seems like a tough one, particularly when they know how much money it makes. 
and they would have to go all in. You can't have her on covers. You basically can't talk about her in the comic. You can't have uh, issues that take place in the past that she's in. They have to just completely erase her from existence almost. Uh, so there's that. The next option is probably the simplest and the one that makes, again, the part to me that makes the most sense. Just put them back together. It's not that hard. There's two facets to this. The first is to have them be married or not. If you don't want them to be married, fine. Put them back together. Keep going from where you're at. I would argue to just put them back to be married. I hear from Marvel writers all the time. Well, the problem with Spider-Man is, is you have to keep him in a certain, you know, he can't age a bunch, so on and so forth. Well, jumping ahead two years and one year of story seems to be aging a little bit. But my argument would be it's much easier to go back to a status quo of married than it is to not married. Superman got married when I was alive. I was a little kid. But that's pretty ingrained in people's heads that Superman is married to Lois Lane. Marvel apparently doesn't want to admit it, but it's pretty ingrained in the people that Peter Parker is with Mary Jane Watson. There's that. As far as, well, how could you get them married? You know, that would take years. Well, it doesn't have to. I mean, you broke them up in three issues. So it's pretty easy to put them back together. Uh, off the top of my head, at the end of this, Peter Parker and Mary Jane get killed by the, the villain. And then you go to the next issue, and it starts with Doctor Strange. And he kind of sees a newscast or whatever about Spider-Man dying. He doesn't believe it. He can, you know, do Doctor Strange magic stuff. And then you see him make some sort of very shocked face. And he goes and starts collecting heroes. And then you go to the next couple pages. And all of a sudden, he opens a portal. And you see Strange and Wolverine and Captain America and Black Cat, Iron Man, and all these Avengers and other superheroes, uh, Daredevil, the Fantastic Four that are friends with Spider-Man. And they go into Mephisto's lair. And so Mephisto, you know, can be, what are you all doing here? And Doctor Strange can basically do some whatever mumbo-jumbo he does. And all of a sudden it is revealed that when they made that deal, Mephisto, of course, tricked them because that's what the devil does. And Mary Jane and Peter's souls and actual bodies were trapped with Mephisto. And this whole time, so that you can keep all those stories relevant, he basically put copies of them on Earth so that people would not be wise to what he was doing. And so to punish Peter and MJ, he's made them be able to experience and live through everything those copies did. And so here they are, side by side, husband and wife, no love better, bigger in the Marvel Universe, and they have to watch as Peter is with various other women and going through all these troubles alone with no one to help him, and MJ doing the same. And he just continued to try to break him in that way, and it didn't work. So they all basically beat down Mephisto. They free Peter and MJ. And uh, Peter and MJ get a little measure of revenge against Mephisto. And basically, all the heroes let it be known to Mephisto, if you mess with Peter or MJ ever, we're all coming back, and you're not. And so Mephisto would agree. And, you know, beg off, you know, wrestling style so that he's not messed with. You know, they, they don't take him out because he doesn't want to mess with basically all the combined heroes. And then they would, you know, go back to Earth and, you know, nobody saw them die at the at the thing. Or, you know, it's real easy to walk away like, oh, actually, Spider-Man, you know, he was hurt and he's fine. And MJ would just be another civilian caught up with it. So no one would know, like, oh, she actually got away. So then um, that sets up a couple... All these interest. All of a sudden, you have all these interesting stories you can tell. 
here's Peter and MJ still deeply in love, and they're back together. That part's taken care of. But uh, they had to deal with all this trauma. So now you have all these plot points that can come up that they're trying to deal with from a, a mental side, and, and now they're together again. And there's So you can do all these happy things, and you can have all these very emotional about all the stuff they went through, why they were trapped in there. Then, again, thinking about money and, and from Disney's side of this, all their friends, now now that these heroes know, but all their other friends, their normal friends, and basically most of the world at large except these you know 30 heroes that came down to save them, um, they just they don't know Pete and MJ are married. So they need to get remarried. So now all of a sudden you can set up for 2024 the marriage of Peter Parker and Mary Jane again. So you get another wedding issue. You get another, you go get some designer to make a dress for MJ just like they did in the 80s. But now you're Disney. So you can have Mary Jane and Spider-Man get married in your theme park every day for a year. And people would come out to see it. And then you're Disney. So you already have the most powerful non-married couple in all of fiction, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. And now you have the power of the most powerful married couple in fiction in Peter Parker and Mary Jane. And you just start pushing them everywhere, just like you do Mickey and Minnie Mouse. At every holiday, on videos, the whole Disney marketing powerhouse. And that's just everywhere. And you just constantly make money and bring new people in to the Spider-Man world. Uh, and then that allows you to do a couple other things. A lot of people like Chasm's suit, but they don't like it have been Ben. So Ben made a deal with Mephisto too, because that's apparently the thing to do in Spider-Man. So just have... Or maybe he didn't. I can't remember now because so many spider people make deals with the devil. So if he did, then it's easy. Same kind of deal. If he didn't, Ben figured it out. And he went down to save him and just basically got trapped because one spider against Mephisto is not going to work. So then you just... Ben's out. You have Scarlet Spider back and you still have Chasm and he can just stay that way. And so if you're obsessed with having a single Spider-Man, you now have Ben. And then... If they really want to go crazy, this is probably too much for them. We all know that Norman took the baby and Norman made a deal with Mephisto. So the baby's been there the whole time. And that, again, was another source of uh, pain caused to the Parkers by Mephisto because here's their baby. They knew their baby was alive, and there it is right in front of them. And they can do nothing to help it but listen to it cry. What an absolute torture. What a villain that makes Mephisto. And now you have all these plot lines. That you can go through. And you didn't erase any of the, any of the past One More Day or any of the past stories. The Spencer's story still makes sense. And, you know, that was where they were trying to power through it. And that's why Mephisto had to get in there again. And all of a sudden, uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane are back together. You get the big wedding issue again in less than a year. But they're already together, so you don't have to deal with it. I don't know if it's true. The rumors are, you know, it's hard to get writers and some artists to come on. They're going to come back now. And you've given them all these story points. And then if your thing is you don't want them to grow too much, well, it's real easy, again, to go back to, you know, ah, they're having trouble or are they going to break up? Is this the thing? I think that's lame, but you got to have some drama in a marriage. Like, marriages have drama. That's the thing that always drives me crazy. Well, if he gets married, that's the end of his story. Then you've never been married or your married life is not very good. You getting married is the start of an awesome chapter. Now, do some people get divorced? Sure, sometimes that happens, and you know, but often they get remarried. And that does occur sometimes. But for the most part, when people get married, that just adds more wrinkles. That makes the the story of their life more rich and more thrilling and creates more situations. Uh, I'm getting ready to go to Washington, D.C. for work. I'm 
dreading it because I do not want to, I do not like being away from my wife for three days or my kids. My daughter and my son both have school performances while I'm gone. I'm going to miss them. Uh, and that, so that's really hard. I had to balance between, you know, them and what's good for all my students at school. Now, is that as big a scale as when Peter Parker would have to decide, like, my wife and kid are sick at home, like really sick, and I need to save the city? No, but at the same time, I mean, we're talking about a guy who has spider powers. It's kind of like the people, uh, sometimes I hear the argument, you know, Mary Jane wouldn't be interested in Parker. He's a nerd. He is super ripped, one of the most powerful people in their universe, one of the smartest people in their universe, and he's she would be interested. So again, I just get really frustrated because this stuff's not that hard. I'm not a professional writer. And, you know, maybe that's not the best story in the world, but that pretty easily fixes it all. To answer a question that I get asked a lot, you know, this is comic books and Spider-Man in particular. You know, that's like my sports team. I wish I didn't care. I really did because um, then this none of this would matter. But, you know, I get really fired up about it. I used to be real excited. I remember being young and being really excited when Spider-Man would come out. And then when I started reading comics again, after I heard Mary Jane and Peter were back together, I was really excited every time a Spider-Man issue was coming out. And for the past year, uh, and hilariously enough, that first issue came out when I was on the bus to D.C. We stopped at some place to get food. There was It was a comic book store in the mall or wherever it was we were. I went in and bought an extra copy of the issue, and I read it on the bus, and I mean, I just threw it away. Almost quit reading comics again, uh, but my wife stopped me and said, you like so many comics, maybe they'll, maybe they'll get it right. Maybe they, they're just giving it one more shot, and it, it won't work. According to you, it won't work. It's not working. I'm hoping they, they just say, you know what, let's fix it. All right, that's enough about Spider-Man. Um, I'd like to go now and talk about, um, I got, I'd like to do a Q&A segment. And if you have questions you want to send in, send those in. At Nexus Cowboy, you can ask me them on Twitter and I might use them. Or send them at pursuedquestions at gmail.com. This is the Pursued Interest Podcast, so pursuedquestions at gmail.com. I'd be happy to answer them. Uh, I haven't got any questions yet because this is the first one. So I asked some kids uh, and people around work today. So the first thing they said was to describe myself as a soda. Um, now, I may have messed up because I went and asked our guidance counselor. She, she had all these very serious questions. So if I was to describe myself as a soda, I'd be like root beer. You know, a lot of people, the first time they drink root beer, they're not real excited about it. You know, it doesn't have caffeine typically. It has kind of a hard taste. A lot of people don't like it. But like me, root beer is very insidious. The more you drink it, the more you start to like it. And the more you're around me, the more people usually start to like me, mostly because of me. I'm very uh, guarded and, and reserved. And the more you get to know me, I loosen up and then uh, people start to like it a little better. It being me. Next, why do I always wear an apron? So for those of you that don't know, I wear an apron at work every day. And the reason I wear an apron is because it, it, it keeps, there's a couple reasons. One, I worked in a makerspace lab, so it was very messy all the time paint and dust and sawdust and laser dust and vinyl stickers and glue and everything else. I didn't want to get it on my clothes, so I wore an apron, so it keeps me clean. The other one is um, working in a school sometimes is overwhelming and you get tired. I'm a superhero kid. I've read, with the exception of the 15 roughly years after One More Day happened in Spider-Man comics and I just stopped all comics altogether and most superhero stuff, I'm a superhero guy. So you put your suit on and it's time to go to work. So when I put that apron on, I get to work sometimes. I don't want to work. I'm tired. I don't want to do it. When I put that apron on, I cheer up. I get excited. Those kids don't deserve to see grumpy Zach. 
uh, at work. The other teachers I work with, you know, they have a hard job. They don't deserve to see grumpy Zach. They need high energy, high powered. Let's go pick them up, Zach. So that's why I wear an apron every day. Uh, the next question she asks is, what is in my apron? So what is in my apron? So I wear an apron, like I said. So the first thing is, is that it has a pocket protector on it. I bought this because I thought it would irritate some people. Uh, because people get too worked up about dumb stuff. So I bought this pocket protector. But then a funny thing happened. I loved it. I keep my uh, pen in there, a Zebra uh, 301 metal pen. I keep a .9 mechanical pencil because the lead's a little thicker so it doesn't cut when I'm doing woodworking. I keep a box cutter and an X-Acto knife inside there. Behind it, I have a little notebook. We ma I make notebooks all the time. Uh, re if you want some notebooks, custom-made little pocket notebooks, reach out to me. I'd be happy to sell you a few to help pay for this uh, podcast. And, uh, and then I have a six-inch metal ruler. Uh, on my apron are a bunch of pins. I like pins, um, and there are things I like. So I have the Star Trek uh, pin, like from Star Trek Next Generation. I have two Pete and MJ pins. One I made with our button maker at work, and one I bought off of uh, someone on Etsy, and it's it's very awesome. Um, I have an Abbey Normal pin. If you've ever watched the show Crafts Craftsman on YouTube, he's a Makerspace channel that I really like. He made a little pin. I have a Captain America pin. It's just his head, and I have a little Spider-Man pin that's the same. And then I have two just other Spider-Man pins beside the Pete and MJ one. And uh, then I have, there's a show my kids used to watch called Peep in the Big Wide World. And there was a character on there named Quack. And I just, I love Quack. Quack is like my favorite character. And so uh, I have a, a pin of Quack. Then inside, I have a ton of items. Why do I have all these items? Well, sometimes I need them. The ruler and the, the you know, all that. But the other things are for fun. I work with kids. So sometimes a kid needs cheered up or they need to see something to distract them from something else I'm doing. Or I go and talk to a lot of adults to help them that work at the school. And sometimes, too, they need a little pick-me-up. So it's really fun to be able to pull out a koosh ball or a racquetball. Now, the racquetball is kind of a funny story. Uh, when I was a teenager, I got a leather jacket. My parents bought me. Uh, it was a, a, a huge deal to me. And uh, Rocky Balboa had a what looked like a racquetball in his pocket in the movie Rocky 1. So I went out and bought a racquetball. And I've had that same racquetball now for you know going on 20 years. Um, and now I keep it in my apron at work. I have random keys, some of which open stuff in the building, some of which are just random keys because I think it's fun. I have a deck of cards. I have the keys to the pinball machine. We have a game room in the school. So when kids do the right kind of things, they can go up to the game room and there's an arcade machine and a, a uh, bubble hockey machine and a Switch and a PlayStation. And a, we recently got a pinball machine. And, um, you know, it's an older, it's a Lethal Weapon 3, which is very hilarious to me that in a school, we have a Lethal Weapon 3 pinball machine. But uh, it needs repairs a lot, so I just keep the keys on me. So when uh, producer Matt or I need to go work on it, we have the key with us. I, I found an old copy of my boss's ID card to get into the building, so I keep that in there. I have four or five marbles. I have a handful of buttons at any time. I have some little, like, jack-o'-lantern beads. Um, I usually find a couple lifesavers. I have a couple Lego bricks in there. So I just have a variety of stuff uh, that I keep in the pockets of my apron. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is trading cards. Uh, my son Hudson and I love trading cards. So how I got back into comics actually was I had been hearing about Peter and MJ being back together. And so I kind of wanted to, but I, I never went and looked, never went and looked. And COVID was raging at this point. And my son said he wanted to try out some miles and 
Iron Man comics. So we went to a comic book store, and my daughter went with us. Uh, he found an Iron Man, and he found a couple miles, and my daughter found a Sonic. And while we were there, there was an uh, X-Men cover. And I forget the issue number. Um, let me look it up real quick. Uh, it has Jubilee on the cover, and she's got her bag packed, and she's, like, leaving the X-Men. Uh, oh, here it is, number 318. So it's Uncanny X-Men 318. I really like Jubilee. And I remembered this issue from when I was young, and so I, for whatever, it was like a buck. And so I bought it, and I came home, and I read it, and uh, that's what got me back onto comics, which is a little side story. Uh, we're talking about my son. He So he read his Iron Man and his Miles, and I bought him for a couple months, and he wasn't reading them. And he's like, I, I just don't like them, Dad. Well, one day he found trading cards. I had, I don't know, 50 trading cards from when I was a kid. We just, that wasn't something we could afford. So I didn't have hardly any. So he found him. He's like, what's this? And I kind of explained it to him and talked about it. And so he wanted to do that. So him and I bought a couple boxes of, it was called Marvel Ages Trading Cards. Um, since then, him and I have collected non-sports trading cards. It's mostly superhero. We've bought some presidential cards, which were kind of fun. Man, they're, it drives me crazy. Like, they're so cool, but it's impossible to collect a whole set. There are, you know... Somewhere between 100 and 300 cards in the base set. And then they'll have those same cards with all these different backgrounds or their foily or whatever. And then they'll have 12 different little tiny mini sets inside there that you get, you know, one card per box. And so you'd have to buy 20 boxes and get super lucky to get all of this little set. And then they have cards that are one per case and one per... And it's 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 impossible to collect a full set for less than, you know, $20,000. And even then, you know, you may not be able to do it if you're buying them new. Uh, and, you know, and I get, and that leads me to the next point, like, it would not be possible for him to buy cards. Um, we just bought a couple boxes of Into the Spider-Verse, and we got a we got a good deal on them. And it's a smaller set with smaller little things. We ended up, buying, we ended up getting two boxes of them. And, you know, I, I just thought about it, and, like, it, it was like $13 a pack. So they're like a dollar a card before you ever open it. Well, what kid is going to be able to... No kid can afford that. And it just it just really bothered me that, that they're so expensive. Like, I remember buying cards. Even I bought cards. Now, it wasn't very often. But, like, how is a kid supposed to buy that, number one? And number two, they don't sell. You know, I get it. I live in a, a small city. Uh, so we don't have, like, a card store or a game shop or anything. Uh, you know, a comic book store or things like this. We don't, we don't have that carry this stuff. But, you know, they have a trading card section at the store. None to be found. So they have to be ordered online. So that means that kid's out right now because it's got to be ordered online. But then it's so expensive. You know, so we have a good time, but, you know, he understands, like, we're not going to have everything. We're not going to get the whole collection. Uh, the last topic for today. So that's it. That's about trading cards. It really annoys me. I like them. It's another one of those things like, you know, I it's I wish I didn't care. Uh, but I get, I get annoyed by it. Like, let kids have fun. Uh, you can still have sets that are more collectible, but there's nothing out there that I can find that my son could spend his allowance on and even attempt to get close to, let alone things that I can spend money on and we can even get close to collecting the whole set. Uh, the final topic for today, I saw this on Twitter today, actually, and I was going to post on there, but I thought, you know what, I'm doing a podcast today, I'm going to do it on there. And the whole crutch of it was, what are the eight films someone should watch so that they understand who I am or that they could get me? And I thought, man, what a cool topic. So actually, whenever I have a guest on here, I'm going to ask them for their three movies you should watch to get to know them. But I thought I'd put my eight on here, and, and that'll, that'll finish us up for today. So 
I'm going to give a little bit about each one. Uh, so the first one's Into the Spider-Verse. And this is not, I mean, this does a lot of things. One, I love Spider-Man. Uh, and I love Mary Jane. And they're both in it. Not prominent. I'm hoping they're much more prominent in the sequel. I doubt they will be. But I'm hoping they're prominent enough and popular enough that they then get their own spin-off movie, which would be terrific. But it's more about Peter gives the line in there that Spider-Man gets up. Like, that. that's it. That's Spider-Man. Spider-Man gets up. That's the first film. The second one is Logan. And um, it's kind of a similar thing. Life's going to stink. Not always. It doesn't always stink. It's not always bad. But it, it's going to beat you down a lot. And you got to keep going. And when things get bad, you got to keep moving forward. And you got to keep trying. And you can't give up. Uh, that's what it's about. You cannot give up. Next is Goodwill Hunting. I kind of talked about this earlier. Goodwill Hunting is, is, I think, the best movie ever made. Uh, I cannot watch it very often. It's hard for me to watch it. Uh, I identify with this movie a lot. I'm not saying I'm some super genius. I'm definitely not. But uh, I get it. I get being afraid to take a chance on trying something because you're afraid you'll fail. I get uh, a lot of the themes that come out of that movie really resonate with me. So uh, that would be one. Uh, Next is definitely Maybe. It's a Ryan Reynolds sort of rom-com. Um, I really like this movie. I think it says a lot about me. It, it has a good father-daughter story. It's one of my favorite father-daughter movies. It's kind of subtle, but it is in there. So uh, that would be the next one. Uh, Rogue One. Again, uh, a kind of a recurring theme just in this list. Like you got to have hope. That's all there is left. You know, at the end, I think everybody at the end of end of it gets down to hope and tomorrow. And then the when the hope goes away, you just have tomorrow, and then that's gone. And it's over. Uh, Rogue One also looks awesome. It has Baze Malbus, who is my favorite Star Wars character. He is so money. Uh, I wish in another universe, uh, or maybe in the future, Disney will decide, you know, the solution is to just reboot Star Wars. And then they'll redo Rogue One, and one of the characters that lives will be Baze. Imagine if they had rebooted and this movie came out. So Jin lives, probably Cassian lives. And Baze lives, but Baze now is living with the the hurt of of his friend Chewit being gone, and so he still has to carry on while his new friends, you know, and the rebellion is starting to get hope back in him. That would be a nice dichotomy that I would really would have, would have really would have liked to explored more. Uh, the next is Uncle Buck. Uh, John Candy is is great. Uh, he's, it's a great interaction again with kids. He's not their dad in that movie, but it's pretty, pretty close. He, it's, I don't laugh at comedies a lot. It's one of the few comedies I actually laugh at. And if you're trying to get to know me, if you were trying to understand me, that's a movie you would need to watch. Uh, next is Lilo and Stitch. It's a lot of the same themes. I really get Stitch trying to fit in and not feeling like he does. I have felt that way for the majority of my life. And so, uh, him, doing whatever he can to try to fit in and it not working. And and then finally it does uh, is something I really resonate with. And then the final one is Tron Legacy. I think Tron Legacy is the best father-son story that has ever been told. It will forever make me upset that Disney did not make a sequel to this. Um, I know that they're probably making one now with Jared Leto that really doesn't have anything to do with the original Tron or Tron Legacy, and I'm not super excited about it. Um more power to Jared Leto for getting money, but I'm just not, I'm not real thrilled. Um, so those are the eight movies. If you want to know me or know more about me, 
or try to understand if you've seen all these movies. Into the Spider-Verse, Logan, Goodwill Hunting, definitely maybe, Uncle Buck, Rogue One, Lilo and Stitch, and Tron Legacy. Hey, uh, you know, this podcast, I try to keep it between 30 and 30 minutes and an hour. I think that's a good listening time because also we're going to come out twice a week. My plan is to release episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, Producer Matt, when I talked to him, said if I could get him an episode on Saturday, he could have that ready for Tuesday. And if I got him one on Wednesday, he would hustle and I could put it out on Friday. So uh, there will be an episode on Tuesday. I will have a guest host. I'm going to have my wife come on. Um, I've done a podcast before. We did a lot of episodes. Uh, I had a, a podcast partner and some things happened in his life. And so he had to stop doing it. And right as soon as that happened, like COVID happened. So that kind of ended everything. So I decided this time I'm not going to have that happen again. So I'm just going to have guest hosts. And uh, the format will stay very similar. Um, but you'll kind of check that out in the next episode. So my my wife will join us. Uh, she will not be in the one after that. But uh, I'm going to guess mostly because, you know, she lives right here where the studio is. That uh, she'll probably be a recurring guest when I can't get someone else. So, again, I'd like you to send me any, send me your thoughts, please. Uh, send me your thoughts. Send me your comments, good or bad. You know, constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is always uh, nice to have. I'd like this to be something you want to listen to. If this was not your favorite thing ever, I'd ask you to maybe give me one or two more episodes to see if I find my groove and kind of make a connection with you. And if not, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, If you have questions for the Q&A, please send them in. I will answer most things. I will answer, unless I, you know, all of a sudden start getting thousands. I like it. I don't mind. I work at a school, man. I'm a teacher. So people know... I live in a fishbowl, so it's not a big deal. Uh, and you can send those questions, comments, thoughts to me on Twitter at Nexus Cowboy or to pursuedquestions at gmail.com. I really appreciate you for listening to this episode. Remember, if there's something you're interested in or you want to know more about, it's probably a topic worthy of becoming a pursued interest. 